This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. It's a scientific fact that the Stegosaurus dinosaur had a brain that was the size of a walnut, but still able to think faster than the modern liberal. Scientific fact. You can look into it yourself. Stegosaurus dinosaur, brain the size of a walnut. Incredible, really, the thinking power of this animal uh, when you think about what's going on on the planet today. Again, nearing extinction uh, despite the larger brain size. Pretty amazing when you think about it. Uh, maybe it'll be from a volcano. Again, maybe isn't that one of the theories? The giant volcano wiped out the dinosaurs, ending the era of the small brain, ushering in the era of the human. That's what some would tell you. I don't know. The Stegosaurus, if you don't know, that was like the, the kind of the rounded back with like the plates sticking up along the spine and then the spiny tail. Stegosaurus, walnut-sized brain. Amazing. Joe Biden would would give anything to have that kind of thinking power, to have that kind of energy. (laughs) So some scientists say that there's some evidence somewhere to suggest that maybe the the this is how science works. It's a good thing. You're supposed to question it and debate it. And really, it's supposed to be kind of fun, not really ram down your throat. Uh, at least not what I remember. It's supposed to be fun and interesting. What do you think wiped out the dinosaurs? Now it's, you idiot. <laughs> You're not going to tell me that God had a hand in it, are you? Uh, well, it's just kind of, you know, nobody really knows for sure. Well, we know for sure it wasn't God, right? This is the uh, this is the crowd of, of hate has no home here. And despite the larger brain sizes, uh, they fail to see the contradictory uh, behavior and, uh, and and position in all this. And here we are facing these <laughs> existential threats no different than the dinosaur. And what are we doing with this time? As a volcano about to erupt, uh, Hawaii, Mauna Loa? Yeah, Mauna Loa. I've been there, by the way. The Pakaloa training area, the Marine, well, I think it's actually Army, right? I think it's an Army training area. But, you know, the Marines use it from time to time, so you could just may as well go ahead and call it a Marine base, okay? That's kind of how we do that. It's ours, right? If it's ours part of the year, it's ours. We're going to name it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the Pakaloa training area lies between the uh, Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea, and it's a big artillery range up there, and tanks probably. I don't know if they're using it anymore because the, the Marine Corps doesn't have any artillery anymore. Virtually none. This new commandant, well, we'll just rely on the Army artillery. Yeah, we're going to see how that all works out. Nobody's going to be going anywhere. I think Russia Russia's Army's having trouble. Don't think that, don't think that we've got a, a ready, able, willing fighting force. You know, when, when they're being fed uh, uh, LBGTQ, uh, uh, pro-trans, sharing locker room propaganda every stinking day at school, at on TV, and Disney, 
What, you think like we have a bunch of gladiators out there now? I'm sure there's a few. I don't see any evidence of it. I can't remember the – I'm just be, speaking frankly here. and I'm not like I have a, a big sampling. I hardly see anybody, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe I need to go uh, hang out in the weight room at the gym a little bit and see. Maybe I'll, I don't even see coming and going in the gym. I don't really go up there in the weight room. It's not my thing anymore. I'm going to get back at it maybe. We'll see. It's another story. But anyway, I just don't see physical young people at all. We'll see, you know, guys with big shoulders or look like they can crank out a, you know, a good bench press. You just don't see it. You say, well, it's toxic masculinity. What do you need to do bench presses for? Well, I guess you don't have to. I mean, there are other options. You could pay somebody else to do it. You know, you could be subservient uh, to your female partner. I don't want to say spouse. I don't know. Where am I going with all this? It's no wonder that I guess it's a maybe it's a positive consequence of the the feminizing of of this country and and the broader attempt across the world. I don't really understand this whole thing, uh, but this demonizing of of uh, testosterone and masculinity and any kind of assertiveness, even I don't know. No, it's just aggressiveness. They would tell you. Well, maybe a positive consequence is nobody's going to fight any wars, just laying around with no passion for anything. I don't know. Mauna Loa is about to erupt. Ominous sign, maybe from God, I don't know. Hasn't erupted in 38 years. I think, I think the, 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 uh, the imagery I saw was from Kona on the Big Island, which if you've never been there, is just ranks right up there with one of the most beautiful places in the world. Not as beautiful as Guam, but Kona was doggone nice. And it seems that they're in, you know, the video was from Kona, this beautiful resort. And, you know, from what I remember of Kona, you know, it was just all very upscale. You know, you didn't see any litter, homeless people. It was very, very nice all around. And in the backdrop, you see. Uh, this volcano erupting with this orange glow. And, I, you know, I know that, that going up the mountain, it was like at least a two-hour drive. And that, that wasn't to the peak at all. You know, so you're talking about, you know, from Philadelphia to Virginia across the big island of Hawaii. I think, yeah, probably something like that. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. But it is quite a distance. You know, Kona's, it's not like it's, you know, in the... In the shadow of the volcano, that's not the case. Nonetheless, <laughs> uh, you know, they're on an island sharing it with this volcano, and this thing's erupting. Not about to erupt. It is erupting. So they had some problems before, remember? Is it dangerous? I don't know. I don't think it happens quite as instantly. You do have those initial eruptions when the pressure builds up, like Mount St. Helens. Just phenomenal. But, uh, you know, meanwhile, I don't know, the ash fallout from this Mauna Loa eruption. I mean, this could be the next, the next existential threat. We could be dead in weeks. The sun will be blocked out. They won't be able to grow food. What are you going to do then? What's your survival plan for that? Ukraine's drone hunters scramble to destroy Russia's Iranian drones. So this is actually from Stripes, which if you don't know what Stripes is, 
Stripes is a, an American government propaganda piece, and the target audience is our troops. And I guess related people. I mean, it is, it's not like you can't get it. Anybody, I think, could go subscribe to it. Uh, but it's fed out to troops. At least it was. I don't know what. It's become uh, wokeified, liberalized, whatever you want to say. It's very interesting, the things that they report on and how they report on it. Well, anyway, uh, occasionally they actually report on military stuff, if you can believe that. It's like anything these days. You know, maybe, maybe I should be a consultant, like on, on focusing business messaging, right? Like if you're Disney and you want to appeal to family stuff, then you don't want to dabble in, in the LGBTQ stuff at all. You don't want to steer clear of it. I mean, it's only natural. Same with, I would say, alcohol, right? Uh, from what I remember going to Disney, like you, there wasn't a lot of drinking going on. I know, because I packed my own. <laughs> I wasn't going to allow them to stop me. Those right-wing religious people down in Disney weren't going to tell me. I'm kidding around, of course. But they don't really push the booze down there. If you want to drink, you say, what's wrong with these people? Well, because it's a family atmosphere. And this isn't a one-way criticism on my part. I don't think that, you know, blending certain things is appropriate. Call me crazy. Some I do like, you know, some things are great when they're combined. And other things is not so much. Not so much. Anyway, uh, back to the drone story. Stripes, despite their... It's kind of funny, me, me saying I'm going to be a business consultant to offer uh, more... <laughs> More more uh, clarity to, to your business messaging. I can never stay on point. We were talking about the, the Ukraine's drones, hunters, drone hunters. The, the Russians have been attacking with these Iranian drones. And I don't, I, you know, as you know, and I'm going to give this disclaimer five million times because I, I don't like to offer uh, false information if I'm not sure or something. And I really, I don't know how you really know what's going on over there. Even if you're there, for God's sake, it's a big country. There's, a, you know, who knows? There's just a lot of weird indications that I seek that coming out of the news in Ukraine. Uh, largely the lack of certain things like the imagery of, you know, horrific bombings, deaths, dying, et cetera, et cetera. No requests for blood or medical supplies. None at all. Just just uh, weapons. That's all they want. So, <clears throat> you know, then you know the whole story. R- Russia attacked and uh, Kiev defended itself by blocking all the roads, basically, which was a pretty good tactic. They stopped this armored procession from storming Kiev. And the Ukrainians rallied, pushed out the, the Russians largely, but the Russians ended up taking this territory in the east, which they annexed, some say in illegal elections. And then Ukraine pushes back, retakes uh, Kyrgyzstan or Kyrgyzstan or whatever they call it. Great, I guess, depending on whose side of this you're on. I'm not on either side. I'd be very careful with Putin and the Russians, and I don't really trust anything that, that, that's coming out of Ukraine or Zelensky. Anyway, as reported, the Russian army's back is against the wall. I don't know if I agree with that really one bit. Uh, I think that they have put self-imposed restrictions. They don't—Russia does not want, cannot afford 
a bloody massacre, right? So even here, people are questioning, like myself, why do we keep sending all this? Like, what is going on exactly? So Russia, you know, wisely is saying we can't just go in there and slaughter Ukraine, and, you know, and I don't think they that really meets their objective anyway. It's going to be a real thorn in their side because that's the easiest path to victory. Just wipe everybody out, be done with it, no, no more bickering, no more arguing, you're done. Violence always wins. I said that. That's why it's so effective. It's absolute, right? We're having an argument. You're having an argument with somebody, and you shoot them, and they die. Well, you won the argument, right, whether you were right or wrong. But Russia, anyway, you know, they've started very skillfully using these missiles that they have that they've been bragging about for a long time. And I'll tell you what, every indication is that it's a pretty uh, – Pretty powerful weapon. Pretty uh, strategic. I'm sure there's a lot of labels you could put on it. Effective right now in Ukraine. And one of the criticisms criticisms that I had from the beginning are the oddities. I don't know what label you want to put on it. I said it's weird to me that the power is still on. I mean, you know, basically Kiev right now is like it's always been there. Like barely know that there's a war going on. May as well be going on in Afghanistan for all they know. I guess they did do a draft and a call-up, but I don't know that that was entirely <clears throat> successful. I'm not sure. I've heard mixed reports on that. Either way, Russia starts deploying these missiles, and then they get these drones from Iran. And, uh, you know, these are big drones, if you don't know. These are not like your your household, you know, two-foot drone or smaller. You know, the, the little drones you get with the camera, the things like Basically the size of a sheet of paper, right? Uh, these military drones, I mean, these are aircraft. Maybe 10, 12 feet long, 10 feet wingspan. Pretty formidable and armed and, you know, guided and communications and the whole thing. It's crazy, really. Well, one of my criticisms has been that, how, you know, how can you have a war going on? The power's still on. It's just made no sense to me. Like, that's the... First of all, you would shut your own power off so that they wouldn't know where to bomb. Okay? Somebody's going to turn the power off, guaranteed, in a war. I don't know. I mean, I know that I'm just, a, you know, some old curmudgeon here, but, you know, back in the days of stone axes and and, and chain mail and mace, we took out the power. It would, would have been one of the strategic things you would do. I actually would say that it's more important today than ever with with the communications and... and uh, and need for, for heat and power. Huge. Matter of fact, one thing I'm realizing and watching what's happening, how easily a, a small team could could cause, inflict serious, serious damage. And if you knew where transformers were, I have to believe that, that uh, taking those out uh, would be relatively easy. And you could probably do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give the details to you here. It's just not my style. But I think you could do it in a way that uh, it wouldn't cause an explosion or even an immediate response, meaning that you could go, you know, plant the, the device, so to speak, and set the timer and walk away. And at some time down the road, boom, lights out. And they're not even going to know. Unlike the drones and the missiles, there's even more uh, discreet ways of doing it. Well, anyway, I'm realizing how, how powerful it is. You cut the, you know, these centralized government, centralized banking, centralized business, 
relies heavily on centralized communications, which requires centralized power. Take away the centralized power, take away the centralized communications, and you do incredible damage to the centralized government and corporations. Simple as that. Easy to say, a little harder to do. But this is what Russia is doing. Now hearing reports that the uh, Ukrainian hospitals uh, don't have power, that they're running out of fuel for the generators, presumably. Presumably. People have no idea. So, well, we got a generator for the hospital. You, you have no idea the logistics of keeping that full, to keep the fuel on in that. A, a hospital-sized generator. First of all, chances are it's not one. Uh, it's, you know, for, depending on the size of the hospital, multiple generators. These things consume huge fuel. And even in, in reasonable, peaceful times, that can be a difficult proposition, let alone when, when the, the place is burning. So what else do you take away from this? Well, uh, number one, the, the missiles and the drones are incredibly effective. Uh, and kind of as I was describing, uh, the damage is yet to come. Yeah, another four to six weeks. It's cold over there now, I believe. Um, let's see if we can find out here real quick. Kiev weather. Let's see what the temperature is. 31 degrees and going down. Be 25 next week. So that's that's pretty cold. Pretty tough to, to survive. Wind, 9 miles an hour. That's Kiev. It's not the whole country. So you need lights, you need heat. These are huge. It's going to be a big problem. Give it, give it a month in. You know, the, the first week is rough. After that seven days, you haven't had a hot shower. and you, You've been sleeping cold for a week. And it starts to take a toll. There's a fatigue factor. Uh, you would think that by default, Russia is affecting the communications, the command and control, people's ability to communicate, fear, it's only a matter of time before it settles in. Only a matter of time. There seems to be some evidence that there's political opposition to Zelensky within Ukraine that probably wants a peace deal with Russia. To say, dude, just give them Donbass and, and be done with it. Let them have what they took and, and create a peace deal. And uh, here's a report from Bloomberg that uh, NATO is not going to accept Ukraine, not at this time. Would they say in principle, but not at this time will they become a member? Meaning, I guess they'll get assistance as if they're a member, but it's not going to doesn't trigger any response to to protect them. Which you know that's the concern that it it drags Europe and America into this conflict. So the big allies are saying no. We're not, there's nothing more we can do. So Zelensky's in a position where he keeps doing what he's doing, which has arguably been effective to this point. But the, the Russians have wisely cut uh, um, uh, travel, bridges mainly, and, and hardened areas where it's going to make it very difficult for the Ukrainians to move into those areas. So now the Russians for the remaining area have a huge upper hand in many ways. And now the Russians are just softening the whole country. And in, in week one or so, it's early into this, and it's very effective, very effective. 
Think about a country like China or America. It doesn't even have to be that big. India, probably any European country, certainly some Middle, Middle Eastern countries that have the ability to build massive drone fleets and, and to be able to inflict this on a country. It's amazing when you think about it. And the, the, because of the size, uh, the stealth capability to do it. It's interesting. It's a, it's a new state of warfare that we're seeing. It's a new uh, situation to be dealt with. And I'm saying that this situation in Ukraine, these Ukrainian people who have said all along we're going to get screwed big time. And here we are. You're going to know that that little prophecy I made is going to come true or not, I'd say, within the next 30 to 45 days max. You, you know, you're going to have children and elderly that, you know, six weeks into no heat, and no hot water, and, and the, the rest of what comes with that, the disruption, and you're going to see a mental health situation, a mass uh, refugee situation. Very interesting, among other things. Very sad. Where's the calls for peace? I pray for peace. Why are they fighting? What is this fight about? In simple terms, what is the dispute? Nobody knows. You say, oh, Russian aggression. Why is Russia aggressing? I know it's not the right way to say that, but, you know, I'm not saying you have to agree with it. I'm not saying you have to support it, but wouldn't you like to know what? What? What, what is the problem? And I think Russia's claim is that it's a th- threat to their security. It's the same with North Korea and these, these exercises that we conduct right off their border. And, and our news doesn't report it, but you have to ask yourself, is this not antagonistic? You know, the American, uh, you know, military industrial complex would say to you, well, this is the show of strength and we, we keep them on their heels and we keep them nervous. And uh, really? In, in this age? Why? I, I fail to see the benefit of it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a force in readiness. Absolutely. And we should train, and we should train effectively, but that doesn't need to be done. Look, put it in simple terms, what if the roles were reversed? Literally, what if you had a Russian base being built in Mexico? Think about that. Or Chinese. What would you say? Or, or an alliance of the two, a joint Chinese-Russian base in Mexico. With, with aircraft and ships. Can you imagine? I mean, this is, and, and then a pact that if we ever uh, tried to defend ourselves against Mexico, that China and, and Russia would defend them. And, and, and you know, uh, reportedly, you know, uh, biological uh, uh, labs right in Mexico. I mean, I don't know if it would be much worse than what we have in Mexico now, quite frankly, but. I don't know why you would let either go on. Is Putin the conflict? There was they were the, Donbass has been in a state of war for ten years or longer. I don't know all the facts. I'm not an expert on it. I'm not trying to defend Russia. I'm not supporting the invasion. Uh, I'm, I seriously question Zelensky's ability to lead. And I just tell you, in all this, I see the Ukrainian people getting screwed, and they're going to get hurt. When you have a country that size in that location that has to mobilize that quickly under those conditions, you're talking about a, a serious risk. I saw this uh, from the AP News. Christians are in the minority in England. 
which they say is the non-religious grow. Uh, it's a really interesting phenomena that's been talked about for at least 10 years longer, 15, maybe 20 probably, at least. And that is the end of Christendom. The, not the end of Christianity, but the end of Christianity as the dominant world religion. And this is going to cause mass, mass disruptions to things. Things that people frequently took for granted uh, no longer are the case. In the way people think, in the way laws are made, in basic sense of of right and wrong and and general justice, it's all going to come with a shift as a result. Uh, Whether whether you want to believe in the the spiritual aspect and the the religious aspect of it or not, uh, there's a practical impact. I think we're seeing some of that now. What's going on with the economy? We're heading into to Christmas, and we'll see. You know, my prediction on the economy has been that there will not be some cataclysmic collapse. Uh, as much as there's been times when I thought that we were close, and certainly the, the fundamentals are there, the debt ratios, the amount of cash, the, it's, just, it's all in horrible, horrible shape, really, structurally unsound. But it's being artificially propped up by quite a few different things. And ultimately, the Fed is going to have to print more money. And we see that, uh, you know, there's problems in China. And, uh, you know, maybe they allow it. I don't know. It seems to be these things are all manufactured to me. You know, who knows who start? You think that the Chinese are, are saying that the United States are the ones that are stirring up this trouble within their country? Like we say that the Chinese are influencing things here. It's never discussed. Is that the case? There's no Chinese media to report it. It's interesting. Anyway, there's an interesting article here. Almost everybody expects a recession, um, but businesses are not feeling it. And look, with the amount of cash, the amount of liquidity in the private markets, now the banks could go belly up and... You know, long term, I, I I still think that we're riding on very much a fake economy, largely. Debt, debt future, <clears throat> uh, equity that may or may not materialize, that's all uh, relies heavily on ever-increasing population, ever-increasing growth, which is more money being printed. It has to happen for the system to survive. And it will, and probably until it just, it's either completely unbearable, like China's becoming, or it just implodes on itself. But I don't believe you're going to see that happen overnight. You know, people are still working, businesses are still operating. You could see a shift, you could. I think they're doing just fine in many ways. I thought this was interesting. Uh, the New York Post put this out, the GOP must ditch anti-Semite embracer Trump uh, or lose uh, in the election. There's a lot of talk. I thought there was another article I had here, too, that <clears throat> people are saying that uh, if, if the, the Republicans have any chance of winning, that Trump cannot be the nominee, that there has to be somebody else. And 
<clears throat> then they, one of the names being pushed out there is uh, Ron DeSantis. You know, and then you hear, you know, Trump plays into that. You better just settle down there, little Ronnie. I don't really see DeSantis as great presidential material, at least right now. I don't think that's something that he want to do. That he'd want to do. But I think there's serious structural problems with Trump's campaign right now. Uh, but you know, in reality, he's not probably starting out in any different. Uh, position in that regard than he did the, the first time around. You know, Republican, he wasn't facing broad support. It was a huge primary, if you recall. Huge number of, of people were involved. And he systematically just, you know, took him out at the knees. And, you know, and all that was great. It was a great ride. It really was. The messaging, the confidence. I think where, where Trump is suffering right now, uh, number one, the vaccine and the and the virus response, and everybody feels played, and he was part of that every day on TV. And the vaccine, he you know he brags about it, but ask yourself if that vaccine's doing more harm than good at this point. It certainly isn't delivering on any promise at any stage. It did not stop people from getting it, which is why you get vaccines. And they say, oh, no, no. You, should, you didn't understand. It, it prevents the spread. You've tried that nonsense. And it prevents serious, serious infection or hospitalization. Now, you've got more people dying that are vaccinated than not. And they say, well, that's because you're not doing enough. I kid you not. Fauci was saying this. you got to get boosted, man. Yeah. Yeah, get on that hamster wheel, another hamster wheel. Just what everybody wants. Get out of town. I'll, I'll just deal with getting COVID, quite frankly. If it kills me, so be it. At least I have a chance. I don't know what this vaccine if I do. Oh, oh, anti-vaxxer calling the FBI. I don't know. You tell me. What what, do the, what does the evidence suggest? I'm, I'm like, like, I'm a reasonable person. I'm just looking around. I'm, I'm asking myself, who's happy they got the vaccine? Let's start there. Who's happy they got vaccinated? Tell me one person. My wife, I think she's happy she did. God help me. Don't let me get into it. Do I need to go there before Christmas, no less? I don't think it's a good idea. Anyway, my prediction for the economy, slow grow 70s, probably worst case scenario, best case. I mean, I do predict a slowdown. I believe the heyday is over for a while. You know, will we cycle down and then cycle back up? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how far this fiat money can be pushed. You know, it's a new era. We're we're breaking boundaries in many new ways. Who knows what's going to happen with that? As far as Trump, I have mixed feelings. You know, I I think he's got a real loyalty problem because he wasn't loyal. And I said this. I said, why should I be loyal to you? You haven't been loyal to me. I've said this in many cases. The whole conservative movement, quite frankly, and maybe it's just another indication that I don't fit into the conservative movement. I'm not, I don't really view myself as a conservative. I don't know if I mentioned this. Uh, I was on Stan's radio show. I think I did mention it yesterday. He kind of uh, you know, corrected me for saying that Republicans had taken money from that FTX thing. And I, I didn't defend myself because I actually don't know with certainty. And I don't want to start blasting off, but I, I thought I saw... I know that's not a strong argument, but I thought I saw that Mitch McConnell got a couple million dollars from that group. 
Either way, either way, this, this is the point. Where was Mitch in dealing with this Arizona election nonsense? Where was he to support Carrie Lake? Oh, and it's the Trump Republicans that are that are creating two different parties? I could go on and on about this. It's not Trump's fault. I say, you know what? Let it let it burn. The whole Republican Party. Maybe it's necessary. Maybe it's time. I never signed up to be the leader of any, or, or part of, for that matter, any conservative anything. I just wanted to be a, have a conversation about what's best for our country. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow to do it another day. Hey, in the meantime, make it a great day. I hope to see you tomorrow.